0: This is Ray Nomos podcast, The Creative Mindset. Welcome to The Creative Mindset, a podcast about the art of building a career through conversations with the world's leading practitioners of creativity. It's an intimate journey on how they got started, their turning points, failures, and tips on work and life. I am your host, Ray Namoto, the founding partner of i a global innovation firm based in New York and Tokyo. Today's episode is part two of my conversation with Paola Antonelli, the senior curator of design at the Museum of Modern Art. In this episode, we get into the specifics of her work as a curator, how and where she finds her inspiration, where creativity comes from for her, and finally, the definition of creativity according to Paola Antonelli. Her definition of creativity was a refreshing and surprising one for me, and in a way, it was very Paola Antonelli. So, let's get started. So, speaking of shows that, you know, you, you've, uh, you've created so many shows, but if you had to pick key shows in your career, what would be?
1: You know, there are many. Um, the first one was very strong. It was called Newton Materials in Contemporary Design. It was 95. And um, um, so, I'm going to pick the ones that are important to me, not important historically necessarily. But so a Mutant Materials was very important because it was an exhibition that gave me a sense of confidence about especially my um, display skills, right? Because uh, the it was a gorgeous show. It was not this, the topic was good. You know, I had picked the topics on materials because in '95 uh, there were all these new materials. And what was very important is that many of these materials could be designed by the designers themselves without going back to chemical engineers. So there were new resins that could be cured at ambient temperature, right? Or composites that you almost had to lay by hand. So there was a different agency on the side of the designers. So interesting topic and great, beautiful display and exhibition. So that gave me a really good sense of confidence. Also, It was the first and last time, the moment that we do it, but most of the exhibition could be touched. So that was um, uh, one exhibition that I feel was uh, very strong.
0: I didn't realize that Mutant Materials was your your first show. What, What do you think sort of helps you bring that kind of creativity to the way you curate shows? And, you know, not just that one, but other things like the humble masterpiece that you mentioned you know these everyday objects like paper clips and other things that people wouldn't necessarily pay attention to yeah what uh, what what gives you that creative edge
1: who knows I mean I know that I have a real passion for design the creativity part I really don't know I mean I studied architecture but that does not explain everything I think it's really like a personal a uh, 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 I'm sure that you have these different ingredients in your personality that define you and that you recognize too. Like for instance, all of the art handlers that work with me at MoMA know very well. I put things with my eyes. I put things on the wall with my eyes, not with measurements. So it really is, it's, it's very funny because they know it, they laugh, you know, because they put something on the platform and I'm like, Well, and they like, okay, (laughs) and they just turn it and then I feel better. So if something is slightly askew, it doesn't block your imagination, right? If something is in front of you like this, where are you going to go? You're going to have to split your waves, right? But then it's also the desire to really explain in the most efficient way possible so there's always really a desire to attract people's attention and i think that the creativity that you talk about is almost like when flowers become really fragrant to attract bees you know it's really a way to capture people's attention one way or the other so that they come to really appreciate design
0: that's a that's an interesting um Metaphor to talk about creativity. I don't think I've I've ever heard that kind of uh, description or metaphor of what creativity is. So that's that's quite useful.
1: It's, it's my creativity. Not all creativity is like that, but um, yeah, that's how I it's how I use it. Yeah.
0: So uh, I want to switch the topic a little bit, and you know, you talked about these uh, key moments and turning points and the shows that you remember uh, well. But uh, what, about, uh, what about mistakes? What about failures? What, uh, what failure can you, can you share with us? And uh, what, what did you learn from them? Oh, my God.
1: I had a lot of rejections. But I can't remember any failures.
0: Well, let's, let, if, if I may uh, pick there. So, rejections. Tell, tell us a little bit. Yeah, what do you mean?
1: Well, uh, just like uh, shows that were rejected, you know, proposals that were rejected that I'm really sorry about. So I also have a lot of far-fetched shows that were not accepted, That, you know, like Design and Violence. It happened as another project or Broken Nature. It happened in Milan. Um, but in that case, it was not a show that I wanted to do, but I felt that I had to do it to to just, like, do something that was not as self-centered as everything else that I do.
0: Yeah. Is, is there a show that you had proposed, but got rejected that you would love to resurrect?
1: Many, 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 I mean, um, broken nature, you no, know, I proposed it to MoMA in 2013 and it was rejected at that time. And then it became the 22nd Triennale di Milano in 2018. And then it came to MoMA afterwards, um, um, I'm trying to think of what else. Well, I proposed an exhibition on interspecies design five years ago and didn't go through. But many, 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 I tell you, I'm, I think it's quite normal.
0: But it seems like, you know, although you, you did have a lot of rejections, you keep, uh, you keep a stock of them and you don't, you know, you, you find uh, other opportunities to make them realize. In some cases, in some others, no.
1: You know, in some cases, you say, okay, maybe it was not such a good idea. In other cases, you wait. In other cases, you find another place to do the exhibition. In other cases, it becomes, uh, who knows, a documentary, a website. So it really depends.
0: What drives you? What drives your curiosity? What drives your motivation?
1: Well, um, my curiosity drives my motivation. (laughs) Curiosity, really, it's this uh, amazing curiosity this idea of like adventure. So adventure to me means like, yes, going to Singapore, going to Bali where I've never been, but it also means going to Queens to uh, a restaurant where I've never been. So it's like, Oh yeah. So we're going, Larry tells me, we're we're going to Flushing. There's this Hunan restaurant. I'm like, adventure, you know, so so immediately becomes an adventure. So I love things that I don't know yet. Uh, So I guess what drives me is really a passion for, what I don't know, or what is not me.
0: Is it because of you, your parent, how your parents raised you? Is it, you know, what, what gave you those qualities, do you think?
1: Well, I certainly grew up in a very stimulating environment intellectually. Um, my father and mother are both doctors. My dad was a surgeon, and he also was a professor ran the hospital. Um, my mom was a, a blood analysis expert um, and both had other interests. You know, my dad was like paid for his, uh, for his university by doing playing jazz piano and correcting proofs of newspapers. My mom was doing her things, you know. So it was always no holds barred. And it was also very demanding in terms of standards. Um so maybe a good part of it was, was taught, or at least I was given the freedom to investigate, right? Nobody ever stopped me. And even when I started going to foreign countries, like very often it happened, like kids of my generation, every summer, um, I, we would be sent to a different city in Europe to learn the language for at least a month and a half. And, um, and very comfortable with languages that I didn't know and places that I didn't know.
0: What drives your curiosity?
1: I am like a vampire. The best way for my spirit to be lifted is to do a studio visit with a really great designer. But it is to be a great designer. If it's not a great designer, I become more depressed. <laughs> but it's a great, if it's a great designer, I'm just thinking, you know, one of the best studio visits I've had lately is with Annie Liu. She's a wonderful artist. And so, you know, a visit with Annie, fantastic. Uh, you know, that really, it's like a vampire, seriously. Otherwise, it's not easy. Maybe music, music can help. And, uh, I just other people's creativity, right? Or an amazing, an amazing movie, something that really makes me think like, How did you think about this? Something that really surprises me for its creativity.
0: Uh, To the extent that you can share, what's next? Uh, what, What do you have in your plan in terms of your show? What's next?
1: There's so much going on. So I just opened an exhibition that's called Never Alone that is about the video games in MoMA's collection. So in 2012, in 2010, I started collecting video games from MoMA. And uh, there are now 36. We collect like slowly, deliberately. We had to decide the protocol, the criteria. You know, there was a lot behind it. And so this exhibition just opened. It's about interaction design and the video games in the collection. Then I'm going to keep on going uh, with my project, Design Emergency, that is uh, with Alice Rostern. Alice Rostern is, as you know, foremost design critic, and she's one of my best friends. And we've been doing together this project uh, this survey, we started in, in May, in April 2020, so during the pandemic, and it's called Design Emergency because at the beginning we were interviewing on Instagram all of these designers that had to do with the pandemic, and then it keeps going on Instagram. Um, and then also we published, first we did a, a special issue of Wallpaper Magazine, then we published a book, and we keep going with that. I am very good as a movie director. I'm very good as a leader of a team because I somehow really trust the people that I work with. When they de- demonstrate that they are trustworthy, I trust them completely. So many of the people that I work with, like engineers, electricians, etc., or audiovisuals people, they always laugh because they. I look at them and they say that something is difficult. And I tell them, Oh my God! You, you're so going to get it done. I'm sure, and I mean it. You know, and so by making people feel that they have it, that they're going to make it, they do. So, and I really get very, very good in situations of, in situations of great pressure. I just become cold and calm, and I just like make everybody feel like it's going to be just fine. So there's a lot, you know, and I want to reprise a project that I've been working on for way too long. I'm not even going to tell you how long about food as design, you know, so I want to reprise that. So there's always like never a dumb moment. The ideas are too many. That's the problem. Yeah, ideas are a dollar a pound, you know, it's, it's making them happen, but it's really tough.
0: This was the second part of my conversation with Paolo Antonelli. As usual, i like to share my three takeaways from this conversation. Takeaway number one, creativity is like flowers becoming fragrant to attract bees. Number two, success is a function of rejection. And number three, ideas are a dollar a pound. Takeaway number one, creativity is like flowers becoming fragrant to attract bees. As I said at the beginning of this episode, I found this definition by Paula very Paula in that it was something that was unexpected. It was different from any other definition that I've heard from anybody else. Creativity is one of those words that is quite difficult to define because it can contain many different meanings and it could mean different things uh, to different people. In her case, because of the line of work that she does, which is curating design for an exhibition and for an audience, and the way she uses creativity is exactly like she said. It's like the the flowers becoming fragrant to attract the audience to that flower. So in a way, The show itself is a flower and that fragrance that comes out of the flower is the creativity for her in curating shows. And again, I thought that definition was very different, but um, it gave me a new way to think about creativity. And as a curator, that's exactly what she does, which is to bring a new perspective to look at the world. Number two, success is a function of rejection. When I asked her about failures in her career, she actually said, oh, I don't have any failures, which surprised me, but it was quickly followed by, oh, but I have I, I've had many rejections. As a curator, and even though she's one of the top curators in the world, she still has to come up with new ideas for new shows that she would want to, to curate, and she still has to submit that to the MoMA where she works and or other organizations and other uh, events that she might uh, be curating for. And those shows or the ideas for those shows would have to be accepted by uh, different organizations. And apparently she has had many, many rejections and she still has a lot of shows that I haven't realized. But, you know, she wasn't crying over those directions. Um and she had a, a a a very relaxed view on getting rejected, which uh, I thought was quite uh, quite encouraging so you know for somebody as successful and as well known as paula she 's had many rejections, and that 's why she succeeded so number two, success is a function of rejection number three ideas are a dollar a pound this is a, a fairly common expression I think and you know, this is meant to say that coming up with with ideas is the easy part. The really, really hard part is putting those pieces together to bring the idea to life. At least, you know, coming up with ideas, you can come up with them in your head. So the only limitation that you would have is your imagination. But making those ideas bring them to reality, you know, bringing them to, to life uh, requires tenacity, requires uh, connection, requires money requires time, requires a lot of different things and and different pieces of the puzzle that you have to put together. And that's really the, uh, the the hard part. So, you know, when, when I was a young designer, I think I used to be quite precious of my own ideas and I didn't want to uh, reveal those things were, but as I've aged and as I've as I've become more experienced uh, I've become accustomed to ideas getting killed many many times so this notion of ideas being a dollar a pound you know it's something that's cheap and uh, you know you shouldn't feel precious about is a very sage piece of advice that we should all uh, uh, we should we can all learn from so to summarize three takeaways number 1 creativity is like flowers becoming fragrant to attract bees Number two, success is a function of rejection. Number three, ideas are a dollar a pound. That was part two of my conversation with Paul Antonelli, the senior curator of design at the Museum of Modern Art. For those of you listening to this podcast in English, uh, I should reveal that this podcast is being produced in english and japanese obviously these conversations are recorded in english but what we do is we translate the english conversations into japanese and we broadcast the japanese version of these uh, episodes first in japan and then we produce the english version uh, that you're listening to to review a little bit of uh, of behind the scenes The two episodes with Paola um, happened to be some of the most popular episodes uh, of this podcast. So I hope you enjoyed listening to Paola's episodes as much as I did and as much as the audience uh, in Japan did. Next up is my conversation with John Maeda, the design technologist and often referred as the Yoda of design. The conversation with him is as educational as it is enlightening, so stay tuned. I am your host, Ray Namoto, and this is The Creative Mindset. See you next time.